When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, this is Dr. Joy. In a world that sometimes feels uncertain, where communities can be disconnected, there are beacons of hope in your neighborhood. Introducing Neighbor to Neighbor, a California volunteers network. They believe that the people living all around you are your best bet at creating meaningful social bonds and preparing you for the next big weather event. Whether it's lending a helping hand to a neighbor in need or standing together in times of natural disaster, Neighbor to Neighbor empowers you to grow your community. Visit caneighbors.com to learn how you can help build a more connected community. Neighbor to neighbor. It takes a neighborhood. Hi, this is Dr. Laurie Santos. In a world that sometimes feels uncertain, there are beacons of hope in your neighborhood. Introducing Neighbor to Neighbor, a California volunteers network. We believe that the people living all around you are your best bet at creating meaningful social bonds and preparing you for the next big weather event. Whether it's lending a helping hand to a neighbor in need, or standing together in times of natural disaster, Neighbor to Neighbor empowers you to grow your community. Visit caneighbors.com to learn how you can build a more connected community. Neighbor to Neighbor. It takes a neighborhood. Hi, this is Will Friedle. In a world that sometimes feels uncertain, where communities can be disconnected, there are beacons of hope in your neighborhood. Introducing Neighbor to Neighbor, a California volunteers network. They believe that the people living all around you are your best bet at creating meaningful social bonds and preparing you for the next big weather event. Whether it's lending a helping hand to a neighbor in need or standing together in times of natural disaster, Neighbor to Neighbor empowers you to grow your community. Visit caneighbors.com to learn how you can help build a more connected community. Neighbor to Neighbor, it takes a neighborhood. Live Mike. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, it is time once again for another edition of the Live Mike Podcast. My name is Michael Beck, your deputy editor over at BehindSteelCurtain.com, bringing it to you again this week, and it's an exciting week first and foremost, ladies and gentlemen. If you're listening to this, of course, dropping on Tuesday, Pittsburgh Steelers football is back on the field this coming Thursday. Yes, we have made it through the offseason. Training camp is just a couple sleeps away. Steelers football is on the horizon. Really, I couldn't be any more excited for it to finally be here. We will have football from Thursday all the way until the second Sunday of February. Oh, I absolutely love it and cannot have uh, come at a better time, really, in this sports cycle. But aside from the season being uh, just a couple days away, uh, the Steelers did have a, a pretty significant move they made. I, I think uh, you probably uh, probably know pretty well by now. Uh, before we get to the topic of today's show, I do want to mention Melvin Ingram brand new Pittsburgh Steeler. What a move for the team. Uh, of course, that's pretty, that's, a, that's a pretty big news of the week unless uh, something else crazy happens uh, before training camp comes, uh, comes on Thursday, of course. So the Steelers sure up their outside linebacker room. 
before we were uh, kind of worried at uh, Cassius Marsh and Quincy Roche as the primary backups at outside linebacker. But now... Melvin Ingram is there in the fold with Alex Highsmith and Alex Highsmith and TJ Watt. So really, it is a beautiful day. The Steelers' defense got better, and this team took a step in the right direction. I am thrilled. I am happy. And uh, who knows? Maybe there's some more moves to be made before we get to Week One. But anyway, getting to the real topic of today's show: the Pittsburgh Steelers being the most overhated team in the NFL. It's it's one of those things that have been recurring all offseason long. Uh, just, just the voices from the national media, uh, even the local media. You, you hear this day in, day out. The Pittsburgh Steelers are a team that uh, supposedly is one that's about to fall off a cliff. But I don't know, as someone who covers this team, on a pretty regular basis, daily articles, uh, a couple podcasts a week. Someone who's uh, reading all the rumors or learning about these players, seeing how uh, everyone's health is doing. It doesn't really seem like this is a team that is about to fall off a cliff. This is a team that's built to win here now and trying to, to take home a championship in uh, the twilight of the Ben Roethlisberger era. But still... It is this constant bashing from the PFFs of the world. Uh, Well, really, you just name it. Any sports talk show the last couple months have basically just been writing off the Pittsburgh Steelers as some non-factor. And that just is not fair. This is a team that uh, looks to be in great shape heading into the 2021 season. The fact that all these outlets are trying to put a pin on pin in the Steelers is pretty interesting to me because I I think it goes beyond just uh, that kind of content kind of getting getting your clicks getting those numbers up of course you put the Steelers in anything especially negative and it's like throwing gasoline on a fire those numbers are going to take off but I genuinely think a lot of these uh, a lot of these national media types want to just say the Pittsburgh Steelers are a bad team and I am not seeing it and I am truthfully someone who can look at a picture without any rose colored well in this case black and gold uh, tinted glasses on if I look as just a, a bystander looking at this team I still think they're a really solid football team especially if they stay healthy but for whatever reason People want to say this is a bad football team. And I really just, (laughs) uh, it just makes me laugh, in all honesty, because it just does not stop at all. It's uh, it's just been the constant bashing this entire offseason. And most of it has been directed towards Ben Roethlisberger and the offensive line. Starting with the offensive line, though, for as much criticism as that unit gets, the Steelers completely revamped that unit. Gone are Marquise Pouncey and David DeCastro and Alejandro Villanueva. The old guard is no longer there. The Steelers completely retooled the unit, yet people want to bash this team saying that uh, it's gotten worse. How can you say that when this is a brand new squad rolling out on the field? Left tackle is a brand new guy and Chooks a core for. He was a right tackle before. Left guard is Kevin Dotson, who the Steelers viewed as a backup all of last season, despite being the best guy on the field when he was uh, in the lineup due to injury issues with Matt Filer and others. At center, 
Kendrick Green, I guess, is probably the biggest question mark, but he is an athletic stud and someone that should take over the job probably in training camp. Then at right guard, you got Trey Turner, who, if he's healthy like he's claiming he is, will be a significant upgrade on an injured David DeCastro, who in all likelihood probably doesn't even play in 2021 at all and is probably mulling retirement from uh, if we can take all reports at face value. And then at right tackle, we got Zach Banner, who looked pretty good in a half of football last year before he tore his ACL. This is a brand new offensive line. Trash it as much as you want, but saying it's gotten worse or whatever from last year, that simply isn't fair because they've completely retooled this group. Are are there these big-time flashy names? Not yet. I think Kevin Dotson could kind of develop into that. If Trey Turner is as good as he was before his stint in LA, yeah, he, he could be an absolute stud too. And again, we don't know what Kendrick Green is, and the tackles are all right. I'm not saying they're the worst tackle uh, tandem in the NFL, though. That's that's the last thing I'm going to do. But yet again, the over-hated Pittsburgh Steelers offensive line is getting buried, and we haven't seen them play. It is not a fair thing for so many of these outlets to continuously be doing, is just tearing them down, saying how bad it's going to be. Yeah, there's a ton of question marks. I agree with you. There's a ton of question marks. But right now, I, I think it's fairly simple to look at that unit and be like, well... On paper, with the new scheme, new offense, aggressive mindset, and aggressive blockers, at the very least, they should be a good team running the football because those guys get after it in the run game. They're downhill guys. They're going to push guys around. Perhaps Ben might have to uh, take a couple more hits this year. But even in that case, we do not know how they're going to work as a cohesive passing unit yet. And to say this is the worst offensive line in football, which in some rankings that have been coming out the last couple weeks is exactly where the Steelers' O-line ranks, really is not fair. I I think this unit has a very, very good chance of being improved from what it was last year, but continuously the Steelers are being slagged. I think that unit will uh, definitely prove people wrong, and it'll be something exciting to watch, especially if Najee Harris, uh, who I guess would kind of be the uh, the flag bearer when it comes to a success of the offensive line. If he goes off and has an outstanding rookie season as a running back, I think that's a huge testament to the offensive line, as well as the talent of Najee Harris. But so many people want to say, oh, he's just going to struggle because the offensive line sucks. Well, if he doesn't, there you go. You can just point to those numbers. And, and it's one of those uh, things you can kind of look out for to kind of gauge some of the success of the offensive line, as well as the sack numbers of Ben Roethlisberger and how long he's able to hang out in the pocket, which could be better. Brand new scheme, brand new coach, brand new guys on the offensive line, slagging them. Really, I, I think we're getting a little too carried away with that. Uh, and it could bite some people in the rear end and get them uh, featured on old takes, etc exposed for uh, having uh, prematurely bad football takes. Well, I guess all sports takes in general, but uh, that's uh, something I think people are playing with a little bit of fire on. Another guy, uh, of course, that is being overhated is Benjamin Todd Roethlisberger, the senior pivot for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yes, uh, the Steelers season, it, it tailed off and cooled off very, very, very quickly, but... 
that uh, th I would not put that solely on the shoulders of Ben Roethlisberger, and more specifically, the uh, the surgically repaired elbow of Ben Roethlisberger. People that want to say Ben is cooked, I don't know how many cooked quarterbacks throw 500 yards and four touchdowns in the playoffs. Sure, he threw four picks in that game, uh, and like, there's no excuse for that. But that's just a Ben Roethlisberger football game. He he makes plays sometimes that are just the wrong play, but has so much arm talent that more often than not he pulls it off. But when he's not on, the interception numbers go up, and that's why you see about once a year a game where Ben Roethlisberger racks up a ton of picks. He's just not dialed up. But in the meantime, that same game, he went over 500 yards and four touchdown passes. That is not someone you can just say, oh yeah, oh he's done. Yeah, no, there's nothing there. Because Ben Roethlisberger proved he can do it, and he did in the playoffs. And, and as well as during that Steelers slump where they lost, what, uh, four of their last five games, Ben still made a, a couple of pretty nice throws all over the field. I, I would not be writing this guy off right now, especially with all these reports that he is more motivated than ever. He's reading these reports, and uh, apparently his diet is stricter than that of Tom Brady, the guy whose uh, idea of having a cheat meal, cheat meal is avocado ice cream. Apparently that's what Ben's pushing right now. So if that all seems to be true, it seems like uh, the national media and uh, I guess football players of alike have poked the bear, and I wouldn't be surprised to see Ben Roethlisberger put up some really, really good numbers this year. It wouldn't surprise me in the least. The offensive weapons have gotten a little bit more experience with Ben. The offensive line, I, I, I think at least, is going to be better than it was last year. The, the running backs are better. More depth at tight end. And a brand new scheme. Matt Canada, I think, is going to do wonders for Ben Roethlisberger because Randy Feekner. When he was in charge, you knew the Steelers were passing the ball when they are in shotgun, and they were running it when they are under center, and play action was non-existent. That ain't going to fly anymore with the new guy. I don't can't care if Ben's uh, the guy that, that uh, kind of has the final say on the plays. Matt Canada is not going to let that fly. This is going to be an efficient offensive scheme that, by all means and all reports, everyone, including Ben Roethlisberger, is buying into. This scheme is going to transform this offense. It's going to make uh, Ben have to rely a little bit less on just making all the throws perfect all the time. They're going to run the ball better. Play action will open up. The deep ball should open up. Really, there's no excuse for this offense not to be better than it was last year because last year there was almost no scheme. It was street ball that uh, had so many tells that defenses barely had a scheme for the Steelers last year. And that's just not the way you do it. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the halfway point of the show. We're going to jump into a quick commercial break and be back with more Steelers talk and why they're the most overhated team in the NFL in just a moment. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.
righty, Pittsburgh Steelers fans. It is time for the second half of the Live Mike podcast and why the Pittsburgh Steelers are such an overhated team in the NFL. It, it's like clockwork. Uh, if the Steelers make a move, oh, the, the, we got to find the negatives in this. Uh, one of the things with the Melvin Ingram signing is people trying to say, oh, the Steelers' defense is old because they have Cam Hayward, uh, Joe Hayden, Tyson Alualu's old, Vince Williams is old, Melvin Ingram's old. Well, guess what? The, the only guys that are over 30 that are full-time starters uh, of those names that were listed, Joe Hayden and Cam Hayward. Cam Hayward is arguably the second-best defensive lineman in the NFL, and Joe Hayden has not lost a step. The other guys are either primary backups or, I guess in Vince Williams' case, uh, a fringe starter. So uh, some of these these people are just trying to get some sort of a rise, I think, out of Steelers Nation, tr- trying to make people believe that this team isn't good, when in reality they are. It, it's one of those kind of... Uh, the things you got to just shake your head because the Pittsburgh Steelers, by all means, if everything clicks, there's no reason why they can't be competing for a championship this year. And there's people that will laugh at that statement, but then come January, there's a there's pretty good shot they'll be one of the teams that are uh, well a playoff team by far, which I think are, will surprise a lot of people, but it shouldn't. And have a very good chance of winning this division. I think they have the best chance right now of winning the division over the Browns and the Ravens, which people will laugh you out of a room of right now. But honest to God, I think that's the right mindset right now for this team. Unless they run into some serious injury problems and Matt Canada's system just doesn't work, which by all means, it it's the opposite case of that. I do not think you can fairly say this Pittsburgh Steelers team isn't good. I, I, I don't think the Steelers' uh, floor is a 7-win team. I think at worst, they're a 9-8 and eight team. I think that's their their floor. Their ceiling's probably like, tw- oh, man, like, because <laughs> they messed up the schedule. It's just hard to, to come up with the, the, the week-by-week uh, pr- predictions anymore. But, I don't know, 12-5, 13-4? Yeah, they have a hard schedule, but the Steelers' team is pretty loaded. They still have a top three defense in the NFL, and this offense is pretty Pretty underrated, especially if Ben Roethlisberger is as healthy and as competitive as these reports are saying. They're going to be pretty darn good too, and they have a good special teams unit. So this hate is just one of the things that make your eyes roll. And and one of the, the places that people want to point the finger at is Mike Tomlin. And this is a direction that many Steeler fans like to point the finger in as well, which is kind of one of those things that always makes me roll my eyes because Mike Tomlin is still generally one of the best coaches in the NFL. Players absolutely love him. Melvin Ingram chose to play for the Steelers over the Chiefs. Over the Chiefs, the team that has back-to-back represented the AFC in the Super Bowl and has a a starting position on the edge open, uh, some more playing time, uh, probably comparable money, and if people in the national media are to be believed, a significantly better shot at a Lombardi this year. Melvin Ingram chooses the Steelers over that. And why is that? Because Mike Tomlin is beloved. And furthermore to that point, Andy Reid is beloved. He's one of the, the favorite player coaches there are in football. And Melvin Ingram chose Mike Tomlin over that because how much his players respect him. That means something. That means something to me, and it should mean something to you, especially if you are a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. Mike Tomlin has gotten the finger pointed his way a few times in the last, uh, what, six calendar months. 
Has it been fair? I think in some senses it is, like the whole not living in our fears thing back in the playoffs and then punting on, what, fourth and one when the Steelers were storming back in that game against the Cleveland Browns and it kind of halted momentum on what could have been a monumental comeback. Yeah, that sucked. But Mike Tomlin has still put this team in position to win year in and year out. They're a competitive mindset. The Pittsburgh Steelers are never in win-now mode because their only mode is win-now. That is the Pittsburgh Steelers' MO, but yet they get pointed at and say, oh, they're due uh, to, to flop each and every year. Mason Rudolph could be the quarterback. It doesn't matter. Mike Tomlin can get the most out of his team and get them past a winning record. Sure, a winning record isn't the ultimate goal in the NFL, a Lombardi is, but the Pittsburgh Steelers aren't a team that's just going to roll over and, and lose. That's not them. This, this unit, this team under Mike Tomlin is going to win and push for a championship each and every single year. Does that mean they don't get a, a top 10 freak of nature pick? Yeah, guess what? They haven't done that in a very long time. They had to trade up for Devin Bush at number 10, and he wasn't healthy last year. He tore his ACL, so their freak of nature pick, they're finally getting him back this year. So that's another reason to be high on this team. Past the coaching staff, the injured guys coming back are substantial. Remember, Joe Hayden didn't play in that playoff game because of COVID. And speaking of COVID, uh, regardless what you think of the vaccine, the teams that have more fully vaccinated players will be at a significant advantage this year because they don't have to test, they don't have to miss time uh, w without having it. And the Pittsburgh Steelers, by all means, by what the reports are coming out right now, have the highest rate in the NFL. The Pittsburgh Steelers are at a significant advantage compared to a lot of teams, and there's still a handful that don't have half the roster fully vaccinated, regardless of if that happens or not. As Steeler fans, you can expect your players, your favorite players, to be on the field each and every week because they bought into what the coaching staff is telling them. The Pittsburgh Steelers will not have to run into some of these things they ran into last year. Uh, like losing players because of COVID scares. Heck, Ben Roethlisberger missed a week because of, because of a, a, a close contact with someone despite never getting it. The, the Pittsburgh Steelers are in a better situation this year than they were last year. And guess what? One of the things that I think uh, has gotten swept under the rug, the Steelers never got a break last year. Their bye week is set in stone. They're not missing any time because of COVID. And I'm pretty sure the NFL isn't going to reschedule games, uh, Well, especially like uh, what we saw a year ago. I, I think the, the punishments might be a, a little harsher for teams that are, aren't able to field enough bodies. So the Pittsburgh Steelers should actually get a rest this year. And that means something for a team that lost their bye week. They lost their Thursday night game. They just had to keep practicing all week long. And then the game gets delayed. Oh, this is your bye week now after you practiced all week. Sorry about that, fellas. Uh, yeah, you're playing 21 straight weeks of football without a break now. That is a lot to put on a human body. The Pittsburgh Steelers now, however, once again, they're getting Devin Bush back from his torn ACL. They're getting Zach Banner back. Uh, at the end of the year, the Steelers uh, had Robert Spillane limping around on, on a bum knee. 
the list goes on and on for the Steelers the, with their injury problems last year and guys that missed the playoff game because of COVID. The, that was pretty serious. And on top of that, Ben Roethlisberger was dealing with some knee problems, which by all means is, is not being kind of reported as an issue as it was at the end of last season. This team is healthier, and if they can stay healthy, will be a force. And one of the things that people keep pointing towards this team that these injured guys are almost like they don't exist. But guess what? They are coming back into the fold and the Steelers are going to be a better team because of it. Another thing that I think should be exciting as Steeler fans, after the release of David DeCastro and signing of Trey Turner and Melvin Ingram, the Steelers ha- still have a significant chunk of cap space. The Steelers probably make another move before week one to improve this roster, which honestly on paper is a pretty damn nice looking roster. They had a solid draft. They filled a lot of gaps in this team. If uh, someone finds himself as a street free agent, ooh, the Pittsburgh Steelers might be able to pick someone up and be even better come week one. Yes, I know that is far less likely than the other things that we talked about today, but for a team that is competitive year in, year out, they should be players to land another player to before we get to week one, which is huge for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So to recap today's show, the Steelers have been overhated all offseason long. And really, if you're a Steeler fan, it's probably driving you nuts right now. But thankfully, football is on the horizon and the Steelers can shut the haters up, which I cannot wait for, especially because week one is against the Buffalo Bills. If the Steelers can come out and punch the Bills in the face and uh, leave Orchard Park with the win... Yeah, that might uh, silence some of the haters really, really, really quick. So I could, really, all of us should not be uh, should not discredit how exciting it is to be a Steelers fan right now and and to uh, get ready to hear some apologies, which I think are uh, on the pretty close horizon, uh, if I do say so myself. Outside of that, uh, Ben Roethlisberger and the offensive line uh, can prove a lot of their haters wrong, and so can Mike Tomlin if he can rack up another winning season. He has yet to have a losing season in the NFL, and of course, with the odd amount of games, it's harder than ever to have uh, a winning season because now you got to win nine games instead of eight to uh, have a winning uh, percentage in the positive. So that will be uh, one of the tasks for Mike Tomlin and company this year. Past that, I want to thank you for tuning in to today's edition of the Live Mike. Uh, and I want to remind you, BehindTheSteelCurtain.com is releasing a heck of a lot more audio podcasts than, than really we had in the past. Of course, you have your, your evening podcasts and the uh, that stream uh, Monday, well, every day of the week on YouTube and Facebook. Uh, and then you have your AM shows like the Live Mike, uh, what you're listening to right now, Jeff Hartman's uh, Three Let's Rides, Dave Schofield's Stack Geeks. But we're, we're having afternoon shows added to the fold as well, uh, which is really exciting stuff, which, which will be kicking off fairly quickly here in BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. So a ton of fun stuff. Just make sure you're dialed in to BehindTheSteelCurtain.com because you're not getting content like this anywhere else. And once again, it's only growing. You are going to get a ton of content thrown your way. And make sure you're clicking over to BehindTheSteelCurtain.com itself as you can get your, your latest breaking news like that Melvin Ingram signing over at the website. You can get some commentary, some film room breakdown, learn a little, little bit more about uh, someone like Melvin Ingram who the Steelers just signed and get to watch some of his best plays and and worst plays we break it all down over at the website 
So once again, thank you for uh, tuning in to today's edition of The Live Mic. My name is Michael Beck, and once again, thank you for tuning in. We will catch you guys next time. This is Will Friedle. In a world that sometimes feels uncertain, where communities can be disconnected, there are beacons of hope in your neighborhood. Introducing Neighbor to Neighbor, a California volunteers network. They believe that the people living all around you are your best bet at creating meaningful social bonds and preparing you for the next big weather event. Whether it's lending a helping hand to a neighbor in need or standing together in times of natural disaster, Neighbor to Neighbor empowers you to grow your community. Visit caneighbors.com to learn how you can help build a more connected community. Neighbor to neighbor, it takes a neighborhood. Hi, this is Matt Rogers. And this is Bowen Yang. In a world that sometimes feels uncertain, where communities can be disconnected, there are beacons of hope in your neighborhood. Introducing Neighbor to Neighbor, a California volunteers network. They believe that the people living all around you are your best bet at creating meaningful social bonds and preparing you for the next big weather event. Whether it's lending a helping hand to a neighbor in need or standing together in times of natural disaster, Neighbor to Neighbor empowers you to grow your community. Visit caneighbors.com to learn how you can help build a more connected community. Hi, this is Will Friedle. In a world that sometimes feels uncertain, where communities can be disconnected, there are beacons of hope in your neighborhood. Introducing Neighbor to Neighbor, a California volunteers network. They believe that the people living all around you are your best bet at creating meaningful social bonds and preparing you for the next big weather event. Whether it's lending a helping hand to a neighbor in need or standing together in times of natural disaster, Neighbor to Neighbor empowers you to grow your community. Visit caneighbors.com to learn how you can help build a more connected community. Neighbor to neighbor, it takes a neighborhood. Hi, this is Dr. Laurie Santos. In a world that sometimes feels uncertain, there are beacons of hope in your neighborhood. Introducing Neighbor to Neighbor, a California volunteers network. We believe that the people living all around you are your best bet at creating meaningful social bonds and preparing you for the next big weather event. Whether it's lending a helping hand to a neighbor in need or standing together in times of natural disaster, Neighbor to Neighbor empowers you to grow your community. Visit caneighbors.com to learn how you can build a more connected community. Neighbor to Neighbor. It takes a neighborhood.